You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, I just don't really understand why they felt the need to do that to us. You know, I think everybody, everybody had come to terms with where we were at. Right. Once we lost to the Lions, the the final positive fan, not that there aren't still the positive fans, but the the final fan that said, I think we're going to be able to do it, kind of was starting to at least come to terms with, you know what, this ain't looking too good. Right. Um, And then they did what they did to Dallas and they showed us something. And maybe they didn't show us as much as we thought, because let's be honest, the defense looked like garbage against Dallas and that should have told us a lot. And I kind of eased into the fact that this this was a perfect team to play against, especially our offense against their defense. Any team that's really bad against the run is going to be a team we're going to have a chance against. But, you know, just to kind of tease us like that a little bit. And for what? Again, it, yeah, it, it, it felt good, so I guess I appreciate it. But it just kind of made this game worse because... When we lost to the Lions, it didn't bother me that much. If we would have lost to Dallas, it didn't bother me that much. This game annoyed me because I saw the potential. I saw everything. And so now we know how good you can be and how good you're supposed to be. And we still haven't seen that from the defense. So we know what what the offense can do because we saw it against Dallas. And we have not yet been able to see what this defense can do because Joe Barry does not have any idea how to get us there. That's become abundantly clear to me. As the, as the guy who is always slow to want to get people fired and who has very little faith in things getting better, this cannot continue. But we saw it. And we've seen specialty. Look at that returner. Holy cow. I don't know where he came from or, or how he wasn't able to do what he's doing. Now, every single time he touches the ball, I'm convinced he's going to go to the house. It's, it's, he just gets it. He's built for that, All right? We've seen the punting, kicking, struggling, but I, you know, Mason's is going through some stuff. I don't know what the problem is with Mason, but they just had to tease us with it. And then, and maybe that was important for all of us to be able to see the contrast, right? Here is the light of the team with full power and full illumination, but we've got major power issues in this building that need to get remedied. But We don't need to tear everything completely down. We don't need to bulldoze the house and build a new house just so we can put in some new light bulbs. We got to get an electrician in here. We got to figure out what the problem is. And we got to get the light bulbs that we already have in here shining brighter. And and I am going to come, there there are player failures, no question about it, but I am going to come back to coaching. And here's why. As I was contemplating over my pot of coffee that was brewing, discussions again brewing in our discord about the Aaron Rodgers, right? And I was thinking about it. I was trying to decide my thoughts on it because I really thought it, especially in the first half, he was looking incredible. And my thought at the end of the first half was, 
okay, we need to tear it down, but here's, here's the new formula. Ready? Very simple. New defensive coordinator, draft a wide receiver. Let's try this again. Now, there's more things that need to happen. I don't know exactly the situation with David Bakhtiari. He's playing, so maybe we can just pretend it's fine. He's under contract, so let's just, you know, do what we've been doing all year and or all the last couple years when we've been going all in. Close your eyes and just push ahead. Bringing back Aaron Jones, everything. You hope for growth from the younger guys. We'll get Rashawn back. Um, hope for improvement along the offensive line, particularly with guys like Elton Jenkins. And of course, we have more than one draft pick in this in this thing. And who knows, maybe it's an early second round pick, again, as opposed to a first round pick. And we look at offensive line, safety, whatever. I don't know. I don't know how it's all going to fall. But, but the point is, if you get a new defensive coordinator, which is not my priority, I know safety is a, a concern, but that's not my priority because we've dealt with that. We need a new defensive coordinator. Offensively, we got great running backs, great quarterback, solid offensive line, and Christian is a really scary and promising number two. Romeo seems pretty solid, but I still would like to just get that that truly elite piece. And and I think Christian can be elite, but in his own category. We need that elite piece in the other category, the possession guy. And that's kind of why I, I don't hate the idea of, and I and I know he's having a tough year, and there's I believe injuries and things going on, but. But just just as an example, Jackson Smith and Jigba, because he kind of reminds me of Amon Ross St. Brown, where he's a slot guy, but you can put him outside. And so you could do Romeo Dobbs, Jackson, and Christian. And there's your three. And then you can you can mix up your you know, because they're always mixing and matching. You know, you, you can have Jackson and Christian, Jackson and Dobbs. If Lazard stays, he can be in the mix, whatever. We can all mix it up. But anyways, that was my thought prior to halftime. Then the second half started, and everything that I thought I loved, I realized was falling apart. Aaron Rodgers started missing passes. The play calling with, with Matt LaFleur started to disintegrate. Even Rudy Ford started, you know, breaking down. There, there were no sacred calves anymore. There were no more pieces. Uh, Preston, who was having a good day, terrible angle and attempt at a tackle on, on uh, Derrick Henry. And I'm not that, well, he's, he's big and strong. It's hard to tackle him. That's not it, man. That wasn't the issue. And as I thought about it, again, the, the, the conversations with the quarterback came up, and I thought my complication with the whole conversation, or one of the issues, I guess, is, is it Rogers' fault or is it his receiver's fault? A lot of the time when we point at everybody else, for example, look at Christian Watson, he had a drop. Look at Alan Lazard, he had a drop. His receivers are not coming through. That's one mistake. Christian Watson made one mistake. Lazard made one mistake. How many missed throws did Rodgers have? How can we say that the receivers are the problem and Rodgers isn't? But Rodgers didn't have a lot of issues. I, I counted two, maybe three bad throws all game. Here's the issue. Everybody is making two to three mistakes a game. Everybody, with some exceptions. Some guys making a few more, some guys making a few less. This is the issue. Christian with one drop. Lazard with one drop. Rodgers with maybe three bad passes. You got John Runyon getting killed on that fourth down play that blew that whole thing up. You got Sammy seemingly running wrong routes again or doing something stupid. I don't exactly know what. A team can weather a couple guys having a bad day, but every week, everybody having a bad day says to me that this is a coaching issue. And I've been saying this all along. It's, if it, it's one thing if it's one guy. It's one thing if it's, if it's like, you know, like with Sammy. I think Sammy is a Sammy issue. But if everybody else was fine and it was just Sammy, then you would say, Sammy sucks, get him out of there, put somebody else in, and let's keep this train rolling. There is no train rolling because it's constantly getting its toe stubbed. How many, how many penalties has Yash Nyman had? It seems like every single game he's got two to three holding penalties. I know because my son reminds me all the time, and I keep forgetting. I don't even think about it. And he's like, it's the same guy. I'm like, what guy, Yash? He's con- every game, he's like, it's that same guy again. And I thought he was just making that up at first, and now it's like he's said it so many times, I realize, oh, I guess, I guess this is becoming a problem with Yash. Every single game, you have a consistent baseline of everybody making a mistake or two, with a handful of guys not really making a mu- bunch of mistakes, and then you got one or two guys making four, five, six, seven mistakes. So... That's my issue with the team, and I, I don't know what to do with that information. I know people get mad when I point at Matt LaFleur, and I don't really want Matt LaFleur to go because I like Matt LaFleur. 
And I know that things could get a lot worse than this. And I genuinely believe he's doing a good job of trying to implement the offense that I believe is a good offense. And we've seen some amazing things from this offense. It's a lack of execution. But but again, if let's just let's just say for argument's sake, let's just say a hundred percent that that is the case, that it is a leadership issue with the coaching staff that is that is causing the players to not execute properly. Do we continue? because Matt LaFleur has a really strong understanding of the scheme or not. Because what we've learned all year, and this is the same thing with the defense, the scheme doesn't matter if guys aren't executing it. The problem is guys haven't been executing all year. And at, for a brief period of time, right, I was defending Joe Barry, defending Matt LaFleur, defending Aaron Rodgers. It's all about execution. Everybody else just has to execute. Everybody has to execute. Everybody, but we've been saying that for so long now. And what do we keep hearing from Matt LaFleur after every single loss? He shrugs his shoulders and goes, yeah, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I don't, I'm just, I'm lost here. I'm, I'm, I don't know. Okay, well, that's a problem, Matt. And look, I've, I've been that guy. I, again, I started the season that way. It's, it's, it's not Joe Barry's fault. And it just, it's the same thing I said about Mike Pettin. It's the same thing you can say about all these guys. It's not their fault. Guys aren't playing. But yet we watch some new coaches come in and coach a bunch of nobodies, and they play like it's, uh, they play like they're Rudy on the football field. We don't have that. We're not getting that. You know, how can you blame Joe Barry? Look at look at the what um, Kenny Clark's doing. Why is that, though? That's my question. I know the players aren't playing while I'm watching the game. The question is why? Same with the offense. Well, the guys aren't executing. Why? Why is Rodgers having his worst season since I don't know when? Why is Lazard suddenly not able to catch? I mean, this is... This isn't a talent thing. This is a focus thing. This is a this is a drive and discipline and preparation thing. And yeah, I can put it on each individual player. And and if we want to just say, well, it's it's a cultural issue and the culture is dealt with in the locker room, it's all it's a locker room problem, then how do you fix it? It's, it's a cute sentiment, but what do you do about that? It's not the players, it's not the coach's fault, it's the players' fault. You you just dump the entire roster and draft a bunch of guys and hope that they're rah-rah guys or what? Or do we just get rid of Rodgers and say he is the biggest force in this locker room and, and his tone, he sets the tone, and his tone is not rah-rah. So he's got to go because we need a new alpha dog in this locker room and he's got to be a rah-rah guy because the coaches sure as heck can't do it. They can't inspire anything. They can't motivate anything. That's not their job, which is an insane sentiment to me. Matt LaFleur, he's not saying this, but the idea that Matt LaFleur would sit back and say, I don't know, that's their deal. Why aren't you guys ready? I don't know, ask Rodgers. He's supposed to get these guys amped up. Talk to Jair. He's supposed to be in there doing, you know, got got some music bumping and they're in there dancing or something. I don't see him doing that. That's on them. Bunch of losers. That's not my job. So I, I don't know what to say. I, again, I, I completely understand the sentiment of the players are not executing. It's on the players. It's not Matt LaFleur's fault that Alan Lazard dropped the pass. It's not at Matt LaFleur's fault that Christian Watson dropped the pass. It's not Aaron Matt LaFleur's job that that... Aaron Rodgers missed passes. It's not, you know, and down the line, but I don't know that it isn't, right? I mean, it, it's not just the strict delineation of play, call, and execution. If it was, then yes, it's 100% on the players, and that includes Joe Barry. Well, maybe to, to a lesser degree, but in a lot of cases, it's, it's not Joe Barry's fault. It's the execution. It's not Joe Barry's fault that Darnell Savage is, is blowing every third down coverage call and running the wrong way. That's not Joe Barry's fault. What I am claiming is that the complete lack of preparation, drive, heart, interest, anything, and the fact that they're not up to speed. Why does nobody understand how to do this defense yet? I don't get that. Nobody's getting this yet in year two. Nobody understands how to, how to work this defense. They understand even less than what they did last year. Same with the offense. Guys are running the wrong direction all of a sudden. These are new issues that are cropping up. It's, that's, that's an additional issue. I had uh, Brandon on Twitter reach out and ask the question, um, at what point are we going to look at the defensive roster and merely ask, is this roster as talented as everyone thinks, and is the scheme a scapegoat in far too many ways? Players not plays is what Vic used to say in the Packers website. I agree insofar as the delineation between scheme and, and players because you can execute and, and, and still win in a bad play and you can poorly execute and mess up a good play call. And that's what we see constantly. But I'm, I'm kind of asking still a different question. When the entire team has no drive, interest, passion, heart, they're not prepared, they're not interested, the energy is low, 
where do we put the blame for that? I'm not simply saying we need to scheme these guys up better. That's not the issue. We need guys to execute the scheme better. My question is, why aren't they? And again, if it was one or two, if it was just Savage, if it was just Savage and and one other guy on defense and maybe one or two guys on offense, and it's like, all right, these guys are the problem. Get them the heck off this team. But it's not just Savage. It's always something. Again, Preston giving up the edge on that play like that. He had a great day, but I can't even say he had a good day because he's messing stuff up and Kenny's messing stuff up. And and Amos is doing, you know, it's one of those things you look at Amos do it and you're just like, man, if it's a good thing that wasn't Savage because Twitter would be blowing up right now about how much of a piece of crap he is. But it was Amos, so he'll get a pass. But he shouldn't. He messed up too. And then we saw Rudy Ford mess up. And at the end of the game, we saw Jair mess up. Game was officially over at that point anyways, but it was officially, officially over on a pass right over Jair's head. Everybody was messing up. I mean, again, some people had good days. I'm sure there were, you know, I, I didn't notice anything bad about Quay. Seemed like he had a really good day. I didn't pick anything out. I'm sure he had one or two slight mistakes here or there. I don't know. But but that is the complication as far as what do we do moving forward. Um, we could forge ahead with that plan. Get rid of Joe Barry. Keep Matt LaFleur. Draft some offensive weapons. And then just hope and pray that this defensive coordinator can take the pieces we have and make something out of it. Again, it's, it's the whole example that I had given in terms of there's a talent level and then there's how much you get out of the talent level. You know, if you ever go to flea markets or whatever, a big thing there is haggling. A lot of these people will start with prices that are way too high and they expect you to haggle with them and try to get the price down. And so depending on whether you haggle and how good of a job you do, your $10 can get you $4 worth of crap or $30 worth of, of whatever it is you want. We right now are getting $4 worth of crap for our $10. We need somebody to come in. And again, let's just say that the defense isn't as good as we all thought. Fine. It's not a top three elite best in the universe defense, whatever. But we, I think pretty clearly, I'm going to call it top 10, just in terms of overall composition. With Kenny, Rashawn, Preston, Quay, Devondre, Razul, Stokes, Jair, I don't know if Amos is coming back or whatever, but that composition, I would be shocked to find out there are 10 or more defenses that have a better composition. But let's just say it's it's in the top 10. We need somebody that can make it better than what it is, because right now they're playing worse than what it is. That's what we need. Somebody needs to come in and make them better than what they are, Make them so, so that... They're playing like a top five defense, despite the fact that they're really not that good. Because that happens all across the NFL. All across the NFL. You're seeing, again, I've said it a billion times, the Chiefs are that team. Yes, they have Pat Mahomes. Yes, they have a few other things. Yes, they call really good plays. But I think the magic of the Kansas City Chiefs is that every single game, every single week, every single year, they take $10 and buy $30 worth of stuff with it. They maximize the roster. The, uh, Bill Belichick and the Patriots did that every single year. Yes, you had Tom Brady. But what they were able to squeeze out of these no-name guys they'd bring in, they go grab some scrub third-string running back, come in, have him come in, be their starting running back, and he would just d- dominate. And it would just feel like the perfect piece for what they needed. The problem with the Packers, and this includes our head coach, Matt LaFleur, is that we need we need $30 worth of talent to buy $10 worth of crap, and that needs to stop. We always need more talent. We need twice as much talent as every other team just to be able to get into the playoffs every year. And that's BS, and I'm tired of it. We shouldn't need to have the most elite roster from head to toe. And and, and the, the bottom line is, even when we do, we don't play like it. Even in those years where we were really, really good, we had the number one. I mean, we, we had maybe the best offensive and defensive roster of any team in the NFL and we, we didn't win playoff games. We, and when we beat teams, we didn't bury them. We didn't have 20-point wins. We had three-point last-second field goal wins. And again, when you, when you go 13 wins, you know, 13-3, 13-4, three years in a row, you kind of overlook it. And you go, hey, dude, it's 13 wins. You're dominant. You're awesome. And it feels spoiled brat fanny. Fan is in, not, you know what I mean. Like a spoiled brat fan to complain about a coach that got you 13 wins. And I would have eviscerated anybody that did that. But at this point, you have to look at it and say, why weren't we better? 
And now we look at it and say, okay, we don't have the number one roster offensive and offensively and defensively, but we still have a top 10 roster and we're playing like a bottom five team. I don't know who else to blame, but the coach and specifically the head coach. So again, we can, we can try the plan. Let's, let's try to go all in again, which is insane because we're going to get probably a top 10 pick in the draft. A team that was that bad is going to go, quote-unquote, all in, and that's assuming Rodgers decides to come back to this crap house. We load up the offense. We go out and try to find a new defensive coordinator to, again, get more out of this team and just hope that the effects of the head coach don't bleed into the defense, which is, you know, the effect being, I guess, demotivating. I don't know what's going on. You know, and I, I hate to even go down this path because a lot of people are going to be mad at me, but you look at guys like Andy Reid, you look at guys like Mike McCarthy, you look at guys like Mike Vrabel. These are some hard-nosed, I mean, Vrabel is a former player. They know how to talk to football players. Matt LaFleur, and I know he played a little football, he doesn't seem like a guy that would fit in in an NFL locker room. He's like, the way the players treat Matt LaFleur reminds me of how players treat it's going to sound bad with Big B just going there, but like when kids show up, you know, it's not a negative thing, but they're just, they're so polite and they're just, hey, how you doing, bud? Oh, it's so good to see you. I feel like that's how they treat Matt LaFleur. Like he's, he's kind of, he's kind of lame and he's kind of a dork and he's a little soft, but we like him. You know, he's a good dude. I like Matt LaFleur a lot. I don't know if he's cut out to be a leader of a bunch of hardcore NFL football players. I don't know if he speaks their language. I think they they initially bought into the sort of brainiac model that he's the mad scientist, he's going to drop all the plays, and you guys just go deal with the locker room and execute, and I'll stay in my area, you stay in your area, we'll separate that way. And as as long as I'm calling good plays and you're executing my plays, everything's fine and it's not working because nobody's leading these guys and driving them to be better, and they're trying to figure out what's going on, and that's the problem. There's no power source behind the players. And you look at it and go, I don't know, I call the right plays, and... And they're kind of doing it, just not the right way, 100%. They're kind of giving 75%, and that's kind of the, eh, eh, eh. Yeah, that's the issue. There's no oomph behind this team. And, and in a sense, there never has been. I know this is worse than it's always been, but this kind of thing has always been there. I mean, when things go bad, they collapse. I don't know, maybe it is a Rodgers thing. I don't know. I don't know. But something is wrong with this team and their ability to just show up, fired up, amped up, and stay that way. I don't know what the issue is, but I I just, I struggle so much with the idea of let's just run this back. It'll be fine. No, it won't. Well, it's just, it's just players. We just need better players. No, we don't. Better players than what? You're going to drop a rookie safety in the midst of Jair and Rashawn and, and all these all-star players and expect it to be better? Why wouldn't you expect him to play down to their level? We know how good Kenny Clark is, but look how he's playing. So why would some rookie come in and elevate everybody else? That's nonsense. Until this culture is fixed, there's no fixing this. And at the end of the day, I, I don't know, but somebody needs to know and they need to figure it out. That was the issue before is, is we, we were staring at the Packers in 2016, 17, 18. You're watching this team and you're saying... I don't know if it's the coach. I don't know if it's the assistant coaches. I don't know if it's the the GM. I don't know who it is, but somebody in there needs to figure it out and fix it. And for years, we just clipped along with McCarthy and and Ted Thompson and uh, and Dom Capers, and we just kept going. And it's like it's not working. Yeah, well, just keep going. And we just we just kept thinking we could drop players in there and I was going to fix it. Didn't fix it. I mean, we, we weren't drafting good players on top of everything, which just compounded the problems to cause this rapid decline. So we'll, this, is, this is what we're going to be doing presumably the rest of the season. I mean, we'll see if we come back and beat the Eagles and then have to do this all over again with getting our hopes up and then getting them dashed all over. But I feel like we're going to have a lot of time for the rest of the season, especially with this long week ahead, to really start to think um, what the future of the Green Bay Packers looks like. What is the composition? What, what is best? I mean, do we tear everything down? And what does that mean? I mean, where, where does that line stop? Are we getting rid of Kenny? Are we, I mean, we're not getting rid of Rashawn. I don't think we're getting rid of Jair, but I'm asking you. I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm not sure exactly the best path. I really hate the idea of 
blowing it up so much as to say that Matt LaFleur has to go, but I, I just struggle so much with the idea of dropping more talent on this uh, in this locker room that just doesn't want to be there, that just doesn't want to try. What good is that going to do? Other than let's just hope we saturate this with enough young guys with drive and heart that we can overtake whatever cancer is going on in there. I mean, you know, Jair's still got some energy left, and I mean, you know, who who else? Rashawn? And uh, you just try to win back the battle? Do we just start cutting players that seem to be cancerous? Or, or don't even just, not even that they're cancerous, they just don't have the same energy. I mean, just as an example, would you look at a guy like A.J. Dillon and say he has to go? I mean, he's not an elite football player on the field. I don't think he's a rah-rah guy in the locker room. I know he's a big, you know, video game guy. I don't want him gone, but but is, if we're talking locker room culture, do we just start hacking everybody that isn't just a Rashawn Gary psychopath? What what do we do? That's where that's where leaving the culture as a locker room issue becomes a serious problem. Because now instead of just replacing a head coach, we have to cut out five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve, fifteen, twenty decent players because they just don't have the right attitude. Or we get a coach in here to shape up the attitude. Somebody has to set the tone for the culture. Even if that just means picking out players and saying, I need you to be that guy. And right now, I think it has to be Rodgers, but whatever. Matt LaFleur's job, if, if, if the culture is handled by the locker room, fine. But you still need to be the one to make sure that that happens. You're overseeing it. right? It's kind of like Mark Murphy with, with the team. right? Brian Gutekunst does the player acquisition stuff. And Matt LaFleur does the coaching stuff, but Mark Murphy needs to make sure that they're both doing those things and properly. And maybe they need a little nudge here or there, or maybe they just need to be replaced. I don't know, but he's the one that needs to oversee everything. It's the same with Matt LaFleur and this supposed player culture thing. Okay, fine, but you can't be so hands-off as to to just glance and go, oh, looks like they lost it, that sucks. I'm going to go back into my office and draw up some plays. No, you are still responsible for it. So... I don't know. I, 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 I need to contemplate because there's so many questions. I, I don't know what to do about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, we're seeing the glimmers. So do we just continue this? Because that, I mean, that has more, you got to understand, it, it's, it's not just a matter of how dare you consider moving on from Rodgers. He's still pretty good. I, I, I understand that. But there's also the question of, are we tearing this down? Because if you're tearing the roster down with the intention of building for the future, Rodgers is not a part of that no matter how good he is. It's the same with David Bakhtiari. I'm not saying he's a bad football player at all. I'm saying he's not a part of our 2024 Super Bowl plans or 2025 Super Bowl plans. So you move him now to free up the cap space for later and you hopefully get some some draft capital because he does still have talent. And and believe me, I understand the Rodgers situation and that we can't just outright trade him. I mean, we can, but he can just torpedo it. I've given my thoughts on that how the Packers can handle that. And again, that all depends on if he wants to come back anyways. But that, that is, that's what's so hard about this, because I can see it. Like I said earlier, I can see the path. I can see the vision. Rodgers is still crisp. LaFleur is still calling them sweet play. Just get a better defensive coordinator. Get a piece or two on offense and whatever else you can do. I mean, you, you got maybe a couple bucks in free agency, not much. Maybe you get like one middle-of-the-road player. And then you draft, you know, just just draft it up, man. Get the safety, get the wide receiver, get maybe a tight end, get just have some, get another offensive lineman, maybe get a couple wide receivers and a couple tight ends and, and a running back for the future and just let's just have some fun. Let's go back into this thing. But if you do all that and you win eight games, what are we doing? And that's the question. Do we really believe that a new defensive coordinator, a wide receiver, and a and a safety, rookies, are going to turn this whole season around. Because the complication I have is it's not just a defensive issue. The offense is played like garbage. What are we going to do in the offseason to fix the mental mistakes by veteran players like Rodgers and Lazard? And you know, Sammy's not going to be here, but the fact that it infected him too. I mean, I, I haven't been following his career perfectly, but I don't think he's ever really been this bad to where it's like, this guy, he doesn't know how to play football, period. What are we, what are we doing to fix that? Well, we're going to draft a tight end. I'm sorry, I said, what are we going to do to fix the lack of preparation and determination and drive and focus and understanding of the offense and all that kind of, what are we, are we going to draft a tight end? 
then we're going to fire Joe Barry and get a new defensive coordinator. What are we going to do about the mental lapses by our MVP quarterback, Aaron Rodgers? We're going to, we're going to draft a wide receiver. Okay, so we're just going to ignore it. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. I don't, I don't have answers, but I just, I know that that doesn't make sense. But anyways, why don't we take a break here? We'll come back. Um, and I want to play some of the comments, questions, quotes from uh, press conferences and whatnot. Uh, we got uh, everybody's favorite, Greg Jennings, giving his thoughts and just kind of getting the pulse of everything and, and kind of using that in a way to sort out my own thoughts and, and hopefully trying to come to a, uh, I don't even want to say a conclusion because I, I don't know. And, and there's there's a lot of viable options that I don't know I'll be able to completely close the door to, but I we just got to start parsing through this a little bit, I guess, because I don't know. But um, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. If you would like to support this podcast directly, it would mean the absolute world to me. Uh, thank you very much to Cole for upping his pledge. That's also an option for those of you that are already supporting. Uh, he went from $1 to $5 per month, and that really does mean a lot. Um, as I said, I completely understand why people are uh, leaving. I understand the economy and things are negative with the Packers and who knows whatever else is going on in your life. I completely get it. But just for those of you that are curious, <laughs> it has been a mass, and I mean mass exodus from Patreon. So um, any support would be really greatly appreciated. I was at one point really, really hoping to crack 300. We are about to drop below 200 here, uh, probably before long. So Help keep Pack Daddy above 200 patrons. <laughs> Hashtag that. Uh, otherwise, Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry.org would be a uh, much better thing to support than me, as sad as that is to say, but it's unfortunately true. But um, not only are you supporting a good cause, but uh, Clayton's running another giveaway. Congratulations again to Aaron Nelson for uh, winning the Quay Walker signed jersey. But uh, Clayton's got another one. He's going to be giving away a autographed Paul Horning jersey. Is the home green Beckett style uh, certificate of authenticity will be included with that. It is a signed Paul Horning jersey. I don't know if I said that. So uh, please consider giving to Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. You can find all the information at FertileGroundRanch.org. If you want to go directly to the donation page, you can find a link pinned to the top of my Twitter as well as the top of the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okie dokie, we're backy, Smokey. Well, why don't we kick this thing right off? We'll start immediately with Matt LaFleur's um, opening comments after the loss. Obviously extremely disappointed right now um, to put on a performance like that. Uh, I, I just I don't even know what to say. Uh, Again, and I know I'm probably reading too much into it, but he said that like 17 times now. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. If I knew what to do, we wouldn't be in this situation. I mean, it's just... The problem is I kind of believe him. The problem is I feel as though Matt LaFleur is doing everything within his power to the best of his ability to make this team better. And it's not working. And that's the problem. It's not that he isn't trying hard enough. It's not that he's not doing good enough. It's not that he's not even coming up with good game plans. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't, I don't know. But I think he's maxed out, and he's just watching his guys not performing. He's watching his guys go out and just not do what they're supposed to do, and he's throwing his hands up going, I don't know what to do. And I think that's true. He doesn't know what to do. And that's sort of my concern. Skipping ahead a little bit, here's his summation of what went wrong. And just there was was no consistency in terms of being complimentary offensively and defensively. Um, obviously, when we needed stops, we couldn't get them. And then when we needed to score we, and we were getting stops, we couldn't score and didn't take advantage of an interception, didn't take advantage of, um, you know, the return to, to midfield. So um, you can't do that against good football teams and, and expect to win. That's pretty much it. Um, but again, unfortunately, part of the issue is He's saying things, but not saying things. He He's giving us the fan perspective, right? I mean, we all could sit on our couches and see that. What what went wrong? Well, we didn't score on a turnover. We didn't score from midfield, and we couldn't get off the field. We kept converting, you know, giving them short third downs to convert easily. Um, and so that's the issue. Yeah, I know that, Matt. <laughs> when I ask you what went wrong, I don't mean for you to summarize what I just watched with my own two eyes. I'm asking you why those things happen. And again, very similar, you know, he'll give us the surface level uh, level answers of what we all know, but when you dig deeper, okay, but why? Don't know. Matt, why do you guys think Aaron and the receivers just miss each other so many times today? I, I mean, I couldn't tell you that, Rob. I just, I got to go back and watch it. Um, but yeah, there was, it was a little off tonight for sure. See, but but here, that's a lame cop-out answer, and the reason I say it's a lame cop-out answer is because that's what they tell us on Monday, or in this case, Friday. But then do they ever circle back? No. It's it's just, it's a deflection. I don't know, I got to go watch the tape. I don't know what happened. Come on, you think you're going to see something on the tape? And you think you're going to tell us when you watch it? Of course you're not. But the bigger issue is, even if, okay, yeah, you're going to go, you don't know, so you're going to go back and watch it, you're going to find it, are you going to be able to fix it? How about this question? What has been going wrong all season? And why hasn't it been able to be fixed and rectified at this point? Is it the receivers? Is it Rodgers? Is it both? And if it's both, why? Why are there so many mistakes? And the honest answer, I believe, would be, I don't know. And I think that is the honest answer. Here he is again, kind of, I guess, quote air quotes here, elaborating on the defense specifically. Yeah, I mean, I thought our defense, they, we battled hard, but... Um, certainly couldn't get off the grass in the first half. I think offensively, um, outside of the two-minute, I think there was three possessions. Um, you know, obviously they scored right there at the end of the half. And Again, he's just he's, he's reading back the game to us that we just I, – I know, Matt, I just watched it, dude. I don't need you to give me your summary of the game. I didn't, I didn't say, hey, I missed the game. Could you tell me what happened? Kicked the ball back. Was there like 28 seconds left when we got the ball back? Um, so they just 
there was a huge. I don't. I don't know what the numbers were in, in terms of would they have an 18 play drive, a nine play drive in the first half, an eight play drive uh, going down and scoring on the first possession. Then we got the stop that that critical stop backed up, and we did nothing with it. You know, we went three and out, punted from our own yeah inch line. I know, which set them up. I watched the game, Matt. Um, yeah, it was just it was just a bad night. And then, and, and then we get to the summary. It was just a bad night. I mean, I, I guess what I'm looking for is something beyond that. These guys, you know, there's there's no heart. We're not playing with any passion. We're we're you know something something that that summarizes not what happened but why it happened. Even if it's a stupid answer, that's the question. You're not even answering the question. What happened? Well, in the first quarter, we scored this many points. And in the second quarter, we scored this many points. And in the third quarter, we scored... That, nobody's asking that, all right? I know, I know I wasn't specific enough, but I promise you, nobody is asking for a summary of the football game that we all just watched. Then the question was asked, where are you guys at mentally? You know, you, you had a big win after a bunch of losses, and then you lose again. Where, what's your mental state like? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're not in a very good position right now, that's for sure. Um, like I told, and, and he's not talking about mental state. He's talking about our record. The guys, like, there's there's no margin for error, period. And it's not like I know we got a really tough team coming up um, in Philly. So we we're gonna get back to work on Monday and um, try to make some of these corrections because we just it's disappointing when you have whether it's a coverage bust defensively, whether it's uh, protection bust and or, you know, any, any type of mistake in regards to the mental errors. That's extremely disappointing, especially where we're at in, in the season. Um, Again, none of this means anything. He didn't address the mental state. He talked about the record. We understand that the record is bad and that you have to go on a run here. Also, we understand that coverage busts are part of the problem. The question is, what is the mental state, the emotional state of the locker room? And we're not, I mean, quite frankly, we, even when we are all on the same page, we're not executing to the level that we need to. And um, that's why, you know, we're sitting here you know, freaking four and seven. Yeah, I get that. And again, I'm, I'm being slightly unfair because I think genuinely he doesn't know. And so he's deflecting all the questions back to this is where we're at and this is what needs to happen, Right. We're not executing, and we need to start executing. What happened in this game? Well, we weren't really executing, but we got to start executing. What's the mental state of the locker room? Well, I mean, we're in a tough spot, and uh, you know, we're in a tough spot because we haven't been executing. But we got to start executing because uh, our back's up against the wall. What was the issue with the wide receivers and quarterbacks? Well, you know, they're a little off. They're, they're not executing. We got to start executing, and that's been the mantra all year. And and I think that's part of the issue is genuinely believing that it really just comes down to I call the plays, you execute them. And there's nothing else here. There's nothing else. And I know they know that there's more to it there. I know they understand there's a thing called culture. I understand that they they know that, but but every time he talks to the media, it's as though he doesn't realize that that's a thing. Same with Joe Barry. Well, we got to execute. But if you're not getting to the root of why are we not executing and what needs to happen, there's no reason whatsoever to expect this to change. I know you guys are better than this, and I, I know I can do better calling plays, and you guys can do better throwing, catching, running, blocking, tackling. So better luck next week. And they've done that all the way up to this point when we're basically eliminated. And it doesn't sound like anything's really changing. This is just what it is. This is who we are. This is what we do. This is what I do. There's no big changes coming at this point in terms of trying to restructure the locker room or trying to get people to to do anything. It's just I'm going to leave them to their devices, and I'm going to call plays, and I hope they execute them. That ain't going to work. Then the next question was, you know, what do you need to see from your guys after this week? Again, kind of a mentality question. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be an urgency, and I challenged everybody in the locker room, including myself and and the coaches. Uh, There's got to be something that we – Every individual has something to work on and get better at. Um, again, ex- just extremely disappointed right now. 
I, I don't want to get into the realm of nitpicking because I wasn't in there, and I'm sure he said a lot more than that, and that was his ability on the spot to summarize. But are we talking about fine-tuning at this point? This isn't training camp. We're, we're talking about there's, there's little things that everybody can get better at. There needs to be a thing that everybody rallies around. There needs to be a thing that everybody sees as a central uh, lightning rod that's going to set this team on fire and get them motivated to want to care. Telling them to go back to their rooms and and find like one little thing, like find that thing, Christian, in your route running that you can work on, and Rogers kind of work on your your that that footwork thing, and 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 Jair try to do this, and Savage try to focus on these concepts. And do we really think that at this point, working on tweaking and fine tuning individual? things that's that's what's going to fix this season this is this is training camp stuff i don't i don't i don't get it uh he was asked the question that a lot of fans have been asking and and he answered it the way i expected and that the question was are you thinking about maybe pushing some younger guys out to the forefront to kind of get them some more experience or are we continuing to play as though we're going to win a super bowl this year yeah i mean um, you guys know how my mindset is, so it's it's every day and it's one game, and that's the mentality. And um, I have a hard time just processing it any other way. The interesting thing, and that was the end of the press conference. The interesting thing about that is, and again, I'm I'm reading too much into it. That's what I do. His specific way of phrasing that was, you know my mentality on this. That sounds to me, and it would be correct to say, that Matt LaFleur is a guy that realizes this is not ultimately his decision. I mean, you could certainly say that it is. He's the coach. He decides who plays and who doesn't. But maybe it isn't. I mean, it just it was, it was not the kind of answer I expected. He clearly 100% is all in on playing as opposed to sitting guys. But he didn't answer it that way. He didn't say it's ridiculous to say that we would we would bench people. We're not eliminated. We're still in this. We still have a very good team. We will be playing our starters. We are the green. You know, what, it's it's none of that. It's well, you know my mentality. You know what I think about this. At the very least, he's a coach that wanted to at least leave the room for the possibility. Maybe knowing that at some point, whether it be probably not this week, but. At some point in the near future, he may have a knock on his door with a couple guys wanting to have a conversation, that being Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy. We need to have a conversation about our future. I don't know, but it just it was, it was answered in a way that I didn't necessarily expect it to be, although it was still in the affirmative, yes, we're going to continue playing our starters. He didn't actually say that. What he said was, you know what I think, as if to say, well, here's my opinion, but it's not up to me. Anyways, let's move on to Aaron Rodgers' press conference. Um, here's the first question and answer. Aaron, why do you think you guys miss some of those wide-open plays downfield today? Uh, I mean, I missed a couple throws for sure. Um, I'm not sure exactly which ones you're talking about, but I definitely missed a couple throws. So, for the record, this is exactly when I got upset about him on Pat McAfee's show. This is all I said I, that anybody's asking for. I'm not saying he has to fall on his sword and, and weep and moan at the, at, at the podium or any of that stuff. It's just, yeah, you know, first of all, he's ticked off. So I understand being ticked off. I get all that. Um, I, I, I think at this point, and it's, it's a shot to the gut, question. You just lost your first question, and he says, why did you miss some of those wide-open throws? Um, just just absolutely poking the hornet's nest there, and I thought he handled it fine. But this, this is all you got to do. This is all we've been saying since forever. Now, don't go on Pat McAfee and let them get you all whipped up about, hey, these, uh, these, these uh, armchair quarterback idiots, uh, they say that you miss throws. Like, uh, what do you think about that? They're, they're a bunch of idiots, right? They're a bunch of stupid. <laughs> Just say the thing. Say, start swearing and say they're stupid idiots. Don't do that. Don't fall into that trap. No, no, I had a bad game. A lot of us need to play better. We all suck. We know the wide receivers messed up, but we also know you messed up. So just don't come on here and say, wasn't me. 
That's it. As long as you can do that, we're good. And I'll be honest, this is this is such a weird line of questioning. So the first question is, why did you guys miss so many wide open throws? And he said, I don't know. I just I missed some passes, right? Obviously, some of them were not his fault, but he he already answered the question, right? Yep, I missed some shots. And then they proceed to ask him specifically about every single throw. Down to Lazard, um, looks like he was going from. What happened to the pass to Lazard? Yeah, I mean, I couldn't see exactly where the ball was. Um, had some people in my face, but I feel like I probably should hit that one. I couldn't see where it finished. It was finished high. High? Yeah, but yeah. not that high. I mean, it seemed like it was close. <laughs> okay. Got to throw a better ball. Nothing on the uh, the one to Sammy across across the middle. Yeah, I just missed the throw. Is, is, is it just me or is that weird? <laughs> I mean, I guess they want the specifics for for the reason that we've been saying, right? Because he's being very vague about all these and seemingly kind of blaming other people. Even on that first one, he kind of did a little bit to Lazard, right? What did he say? He said he missed it, but why? He had guys in his face. He couldn't even see where the ball went. But it still just seems weird to me. Like, okay, what about this one? Okay, what? remember that pass in the second? Kind of went like a little far, but couldn't tell like what happened there. Was that you or was that... Are we just going to go through every one of his passes and... So, Rogers, tell me who is to blame here. But either way, the examples they brought up, he said he messed it up. And Rogers was asked, are you surprised by the result of what happened tonight? Uh, well, I thought Ryan played really well for them. Thank you. They uh, stopped the run, gloved us in the back end. Uh, we knew this crew didn't throw a lot of flags. Um so, you know, combine that with, you know, me missing some throws and us not capitalizing on a couple opportunities like Keyshawn's uh, return there, getting points there obviously hurt us, but we just never could kind of get over that hump and get the ball back with a chance to take the lead. So, you know, again, didn't answer the question, and I would have been more interested in the actual answer to the actual question, but... Again, we get a little bit of a summary, uh, this time from Aaron Rodgers' perspective. And, and again, what did he say? He pretty much just fell on his sword, which I think is the right thing to do. There were other mistakes being made, but the only person he's highlighting is himself. And I think that's the only person he has the responsibility to highlight is himself. I mean, if, if you want to speak in vague terms about, you know, we as a, as a team are not doing enough, you know, we, we got to throw better, we got to call plays better, we got to catch better, we got to tackle better, fine. But I mean, this is just this is just leadership stuff, man. This is just falling on your sword and saying, you know what? I'll take it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about the drop. I'm going to go up to the podium and I'm going to say it was all my fault and I'm going to take the the I'm going to take the arrows because at the end of the day, none of this means anything. You know, you, you don't score points. Your your contract isn't affected by how many mistakes are are officially yours or somebody else's. This is all nonsense that doesn't matter or affect you. This is an obligation to go speak to the media and answer their questions, and then you let the media and the fans spin up and say a bunch of nonsense. It doesn't cost you anything but a little sliver of pride to go up there and just say, you know what, my bad. I deserve better, or I, I, I expect better of myself. I let my team down. This one's on me. Even if it's a lie, so what? You take it so nobody else does, and you move on doesn't mean anything. This is all fake. This is all stupid. It's all nonsense. The media doesn't decide if you keep your job or not. You're not going before a tribunal. And then there's, uh, then there's this exchange. Where do you go from here, Aaron? Home. Okay. Well, I mean, as, as, as a team, after, again, I know we talk about a lot, and you won a lot of games here. This is a pretty, pretty rare spot for you. Yeah, season's not over. Uh, there's still six opportunities left. Uh, you know, we got a tough game. Got to go to Philly. Hopefully we can, these few days, get a little healthy. Uh, refresh the mind, and then uh, obviously we got to gotta win these next games. Now, I'm going to go ahead and read into that and say that this is not a very confident person, right? Season's not over which he says with his head down uh, in a muted tone. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can get a little healthier. Hopefully we can refresh. Hopefully we can do this. And, and he's just talking about one game. 
season's not quite over yet, and that's assuming we can find a way to become a better football team, healthier, better, whatever, um, and beat one of the best teams in the NFL. So, yeah, that's, uh, that is all true. Nothing that was said is a lie, except maybe Rodgers falling on his sword. <laughs> but and, and again, I, I understand it. They're not going to answer questions today because they don't want to talk about it. Because any honest answer to any honest question is not going to be something they're going to want to say at the podium. But he was asked, you know, can you basically win out the rest of the season? He says, I, I don't see why not. And so then he was asked to elaborate. All right, give us some hope here. Give me, give me something that, that you've seen that tells you you can win out the rest of the season. Well, I think last week showed us a lot of possibilities. This week we just didn't play as, as complimentary on all, all three phases. Um, if I may interject... When you say last week, this week, it it implies there's only been two weeks. <laughs> uh, the the issue is, last week we played well. This week we weren't quite complimentary. You haven't really been complimentary all year, and last week was the aberration. So, trying to play it off as you know, last week we were better. This week we kind of had some tweaks or some some issues that we got to work through. But you know, otherwise, that's not the correct way to look at it. This is the norm. This is what it is. And I know he's, he's in a tough spot and he's trying to just keep it positive or whatever, but let's just be honest about the situation. Acting as though this was sort of the aberration this week is incorrect. I mean, you got to be excited about the way Christian's played the last two weeks. Yes, you do. Uh, Kabi coming back today, I think, led us some receiving yards. That was a big jolt for us. Um, that is a little bit exciting. That... <laughs> The first real answer he gave, aside from the first nonsense answer, which is, you know, we, uh, this week was a little off. Yeah, every week has been off. That's the point. But the first real answer he gave is, you got to be encouraged by Christian Watson. And I would agree with that. As you guys know and have talked about, we need to run the football effectively to win. Yes. And didn't do that today. So Yes. And find a way, schematically or otherwise to uh, run it effectively and when we got opportunities one-on-ones we got win one-on-ones I got to throw the ball better than I did tonight there's not a lot of margin for error for us and definitely not when a uh, team is stout but it gives you some opportunities uh, gotta hit on those plays you, you said after that I mean that that's all true but it it kind of deviated from the question a little bit um it went from, where does your hope lie? Well, we were bad this week and good last week. Okay, where does your hope lie? Well, Christian Watson looks good. Yeah, that's true. Anything else? Uh, we got to run the ball better. We got to uh, we got to throw the ball better. We got to get open better. Okay, that's not. We're not even answering the question anymore. So, so Christian Watson is the the only. Okay, fair enough. Christian Watson, it is. And then Rogers was asked a question that that kind of goes along with, um. What we were saying before about, you know, okay, you had a good week last week, but it's mostly been kind of bad. Specifically asked about himself. Last week, you said you hit about every, you put the ball exactly where you wanted it on just about every single pass. Why didn't that happen this week, out of curiosity? I couldn't tell you, point to one thing. Uh, I'm not going to make excuses about my thumb. It's been the same since New York. Um... And that is an issue. I mean, as much as it would be easy to say, and it's, it's, as much as I would love for that to just be the excuse, it doesn't really add up quite right. You know, it's, it's, it's there, but Dallas kind of complicates that a little bit because he still had a jacked-up thumb in Dallas, and he still has a jacked-up thumb now, so now what do we do? It got better for a week? And if he's able to do what he did in Dallas with a jacked-up thumb, then it leads you to believe that it hasn't been the thumb all along. Potentially, I, you know... So I don't know. I don't know. I got to go back and look at it. I felt like fundamentally I was, you know, in a good spot. Um, but just didn't have the same type of uh, consistent grip and, and ball coming out the same way. I threw a lot of kind of wobblers tonight. So um, there was some wind, but uh, just missed a few throws I should have had. I mean, definitely the one to Sammy and, and the one to Allen for sure. You know, I had mentioned that 
yesterday when I was talking to my half Mexican attorney. Um, I asked him, does it look like the ball is coming out weird to you? It almost looked like college football. College football has always seemed weird because I don't know if it's the footballs themselves or what, but it's probably just that college quarterbacks don't exactly have the power that NFL quarterbacks do. It always looks like they're throwing as hard as they can, and that ball is just dying in the air. I kept watching Rodgers throw, and it's like that ball is just hanging there. There's no zip on these passes whatsoever. And so, again, you could come back to the thumb and say that that's causing him problems with his grip and his, his whatever. I don't know. Um, now, that's different than accuracy, and it's certainly different than decision-making, but um, it just it just felt weird today. And I haven't seen that the previous weeks either. Just watching him throw the ball and the ball coming out, it's like that doesn't look right to me. Then, finally, we have somebody ask about the locker room. I thought it was a very good question. You know, forget the the run-the-table stuff that you tell the media. What do you tell the guys in the locker room? How do you keep them revved up? It's a great question because apparently this is his job. So I'm interested to know as the CEO of Locker Room Morale, what he plans to do to make sure that this thing doesn't implode even further than it is. Well, it's got to be multiple guys. You know, it can't just be one person. Otherwise, the voice kind of gets drowned out by the, uh, the white noise of the standardness. So it's got to be multiple guys saying the same, the same things. So it's a call to all the leaders in the football team, not just the six elected captains. Um, But we got to play up to our potential. If we play up to our potential, we can win our last six games. I'm confident of that. Obviously, I got to play up to my potential tonight, wasn't it? Again, I didn't really get. Did you get an answer? I didn't get an answer. It sounds like there's a a standard formula being used. And that's what I I don't like about a lot of this is everything's down to a formula. You know, I mean, the Packers are really, really, really good at being the organization that knows exactly how to get things done. They they set the standard, as we've heard Matt LaFleur say a million Mm -hmm. times. But it feels like there's so much that's been passed down that we're kind of just going by the rule book, right? What does the book say about... Locker room morale. Well, you got to have six captains, and then beyond those six captains, you have uh, individual player leaders, which, I mean, at this point, how many of the 53 are, are considered leaders? We're up to about half the team now. It's like a Ponzi scheme. You got Aaron Rodgers at the top, and then you got your six captains, and then you got your captains under those captains, and at some point, you run out of people to motivate. Or in the case of a Ponzi scheme, you run out of people to sell to, and then it implodes upward. But, I mean, it, it's a heartfelt question that requires a heartfelt answer and a heartfelt response, and I don't feel like we're getting that. E- even the way he said, you know, it can't just be one person. It needs to be like a bunch of people. But they all have to say the same thing. So there's a thing that you need other guys. So it's like, okay, it's your turn to say the thing. Go say the thing. And then they say the thing. It's like, all right, guys, you motivated now? It's like, yeah, yeah. This is, I mean, it's just when you look at a, at a locker room that is motivated, there's nothing scripted about it. That, that video of the Wisconsin Badgers that went viral a couple weeks ago that had the, uh, the interim head coach, uh, Jim Leonard, running into the locker room and they're jumping up and down and screaming. It's not scripted. I mean, you, you can't script emotion. Again, I keep going back to the Panthers thing. When they won the game and then they gave the game ball to the coach and they start screaming and losing their mind, then they give the game ball to the, another game ball to the, the quarterback. You know, when you rally around people after they get injured, when you rally around people that come in that, that, that you know, or, you know, a new coach or a new this or a new challenge or a new thing that we've got to rally around. I mean, it, it's all real. And, and what, what I'm hearing sounds fake and scripted. There is, there is a rule book for how to, it's like locker room leadership for dummies. Here's the structure. Here's the, the theory behind it. It would be like, grabbing a, a single guy and a single girl, bringing them together and giving them a book on how to love someone and say, read this book and then love that person. What? Yeah, it's all in there. I mean, everything about love is there. Read it, study it, know it, do it, and then love her. Same for you. I want you to read this book a couple times if need be and then love him. Doesn't work that way. And you all, well, love is a verb. It, okay, but it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to look very different than two people that are deeply in love with each other, right? That's the point. You can see it on the field. 
them quote unquote trying, but it falls apart quickly and it's half hearted and it's all these things. It's the same thing. The parallels still exist. Sure, fine. Love is a verb and they're going to quote unquote love each other by serving each other because that's what the book said to do. But there's no passion behind it. There's no fire behind it. You can't, you can't manufacture this stuff. What do you say? Well, the way we handle it is we have a, a group of six and then we have leaders throughout and they come together and they have a, a single voice that says uh, this thing that we've determined that it will say. And, and there you go. That's how the, the locker room's going to be great. Like, come on, man. Anyways, that's all I got for now. Um, this is where we're at. We're back to square one. It was nice to get a little break there, a short break on a short week. But uh, we're back, and again, we have a lot to to think through, and um, I think there are some things that we know for sure and some things we don't. We can talk about that a little bit more tomorrow, but we got to kind of parse through these things. I am interested in hearing your thoughts. Please feel free to call in 608-501-0718. Leave a message. Let me know your thoughts. Otherwise, have a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.